And now, a word from our sponsors. Summertime is here, and the best way to beat the heat is with these great deals at MythMart.com. Join the adventure with sisters Emma and Olivia as they journey through the land of imagination in search of Yoon, the magical unicorn, in David K. Montoya's The Missing Unicorn and the Land of the Zombie Fairies. Or travel with poet Christopher Bice as he shares his thoughts on love, death, inspiration, and madness in Escaping the Darkness, Running from My Dreams. If fantasy romance is more your speed, join Celeste and Merrick as they figure out how to defeat the evil Ren doll while they figure out the plans of the elders in Stephanie J. Vardy's The Chosen. Like comic books? We got them too! Hot Off the Press is American Smash by Alan Russo and David K. Montoya for $4.99. Or enjoy our older releases like The Hunter's Exodus for only $2.99. Also, just in time for the summer are these other hot deals like Zoe M. Montoya's Uni Whale t-shirt, blue for boys and pink for girls, only $33.99. Or Lupus Bits the Podcast shirt for $27.99. For all our art lovers, we have something for you too with our prints and lithographs. Check out the Ed Bickford collection for $15 each or enjoy the art of Vincent May for $15. We have everything you'll need to stay inside and beat the summertime heat at MythMart.com. For more information, go to www.MythMart.com. Call us at 870-557-2612 or email sales at MythMart.com. Yeah, I remember Quinn and his family. It was uh, 2220. You know, life was a depressing, dead in existence thanks to the aftermath of global warming. The only thing they had to look forward to was a mandatory 40-year lifespan, at which point they'd be unceremoniously put to death and turned into compost. But only if they lived that long. You know, then one day, Quinn made a fateful decision, and, you know, there were disastrous consequences. Consequences that forced Quinn and his wife and their son and their friend, to flee the confines of the city in search of a different life. They were searching for something better. Their hopes lie in the distant snow-capped mountains, but to get there they had to cross that dreaded no-man's land, all while being chased by the World Order Security Police who had orders to shoot to kill, and their food and water was running short. Could they make it to reach their new lives? Read their inspiring story to find out in Jim Bates' Something Better, now available in paperback and ebook. For more information, go to www.mythmart.com. This is not a test. This is your annual announcement. This year we are offering Scarefair, which will be held on Saturday, October 30th at the San Bernardino County Fairgrounds in Victorville, California. Gates open at 9 a.m. and close at 9 p.m. General admission tickets are only $22 in advance and $25 at the door. VIP tickets are $45 in advance and $50 at the door while supplies last. In the morning, we will be offering trick-or-treating for the kids throughout our vendors. And for the adults, we have tons for you as well. Come meet horror icons like Joe Bob Briggs, Elaine Dietz from The Exorcist, Dr. Satan himself, Walter Phelan, and John Massari, who composed Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Don't forget that we have the psychotic carnival of thrills, where you become part of a horror story. Then, when the sun goes down, enjoy our live music as Roadwork opens for American Zombie, a Rob Zombie spook show. That's not enough? Okay, how about a Scream Queen contest hosted by the ladies of the Taki Horror Podcast Show? Or our cosplay contest, one for the kiddies and one for the adults. So gather your courage and come join the fun. For more information, go to www.pcehd.com. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show.
Hello, and welcome back to my public life as an American nerd. My name is Eddie, and I have a very special guest. She is known as a horror fanatic, a groucho enthusiast, a supervillain. She also is um, runs a business, small business, which is a nostalgic pop culture and horror collectible shop. Um, she also on Instagram goes by the name of Phantasm420. Yep. And her name is Amanda Gonzalez. How are you doing, Amanda? I'm good, thank you. And just a heads up, everybody, the 420 is my birthday. (laughs) That (laughs) That comes up a lot. (laughs) Either way, that's fine, I believe. We live in California. (laughs) Anything is okay. (laughs) Yeah. I have a quick question. A Groucho enthusiast. Mm -hmm. Are you referring to Groucho Marx? Groucho Marx, yes, and the Marx Brothers. I'm a huge Marx Brothers fan. Really? What's your favorite movie? A Night at the Opera. Oh, okay. Hands down, A Night at the Opera. Oh, really? Okay. I, w- I would have to say Duck Soup. I, then I thought you would say that at all. I mean, they're all so good. My my first real exposure was like the coconuts. That real, that first one, the really early one, straight from vaudeville to the screen. But um, A Night at the Opera, I think it's because the steam room or the, what's the room when everybody comes in and he just keeps inviting everybody into the room. Um, I, no, but anyway. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that, and then of course the reflection like scene that takes place. So. Oh, the reflection <laughs> scene, yeah. They were incredible uh, back then between the Stooges and uh, the Marx Brothers, which you like the Marx Brothers a lot better, I assume. Between what? the Stooges, you- between the three Stooges and the Marx oh, Brothers? I, yeah, I mean, the Stooges were great when I was growing up because, you know, we didn't have as many options as we do now. So Channel 5, the Three Stooges would be on, maybe the Little Rascals. And oh, so, Channel 5. Yeah, so I, I definitely liked them then. But if I could get any exposure to the Marx Brothers, totally, that would be it. Mostly my main state was I would lose to see, but yeah. Channel 5 was KTLA, and then on the weekends, they used to have a, the guy's name was Tom Hatton. I yes. And he yes. had a show every Sunday or Saturday, and mm-hmm. it would feature... Um, either Bob Hope and um, oh, what's the other guy? Bing Crosby shows, or it featured the Marx Brothers or the Three Stooges and, or the Little Rascos. Mm-hmm. Every weekend they had something better. TV today lost its nostalgia. Uh, back then we had things like um, the School of Rock, or not School of Rock. Uh, Schoolhouse Rock. Schoolhouse Rock. There you go. Schoolhouse Rock. Yeah. And we had things to remember as far as actual TV stations that we'd sit there and watch on a Saturday afternoon. Oh, yeah. Oh, can you imagine trying to have teenagers these days watch like after school specials? (laughs) What they watch today is it just amazes me. It's um, Mike. I have an 11 year old and a um, a nine year old. They watch. Oh, fun. Just a YouTube. Yes. YouTube. Yes. My they 13 watch, year old. Yes. They watch other people play with toys <laughs> or other people watch something instead of them watching it themselves or playing with that toy themselves or playing the video game themselves. They'd rather. Yeah. Watch. It's, it's, it's bizarre. I, yeah. yeah, I don't much understand it myself. Or like when the whole Minecraft craze started and I was like, you guys went backwards. This is what we had in the 80s. What is what are you playing? So I, uh, I don't understand it. <laughs> yeah, the graphic graphic wise, I think Minecraft is like far behind time. But yeah, but what you learn from it, the actual building, it's actually it, it teaches them how to do um, graphics and stuff on their own without and, and creating their own games. But right. but it lost a lot of the the look element because it looks so ancient (laughs) (laughs) it does it does but i mean i can appreciate that they do learn those especially nowadays like really valuable lessons and everything from it kind of like you know oregon trail we learned that you needed like the jerky instead of other perishable foods (laughs) now you go on on these um you go to these either cons or expos or events um and mm-hmm. that's how since the 90s is the the small business that you own it is now, now you go to all these events 
what's your favorite type of events the horror events or the pop culture events oh oh you know uh honestly probably my heart is in horror but it's it really kind of is even because i love to talk about like pop culture and stuff the way that i design my booth when you walk in people have compared it to like a pop culture museum and that's heavily inspired by <laughs> the show facts the facts of life after edna's edibles burned down and they built a little like kitschy boutique and yeah. so that's what inspires me to set that up so i also equally love pop culture but at the same time like i just did a convention in arizona last month and the horror crowd and the horror community is just like unparalleled there's so many genres that was and monster Pillage, fandoms. Right? uh that was uh mad monster Mon- mad monster okay yeah so but um but yeah the horror community there's just like a camaraderie there and i don't know kinship that yeah. i i totally did yeah the, the whole that whole spooky community is a lot different they seem to gather together with these either pop-ups or events, small events, and mm-hmm. the same people you'd see at these events as well. Yeah. But the pop culture, now, you, you're, you, I, I'm looking at your jacket. You also do <laughs> a, an event, a show that is in L.A. I think I, it goes down to um, San Diego, I believe, or Orange County, Santa Ana. And, uh, yes. and there's a, it's, it's called Pins and Patches. And it's patches also and pins. patches mm-hmm. and pins. Sorry, sorry, patches and pins. <laughs> and it's also it goes to New York and San Francisco as well. New York, San Francisco. He's got uh, Arizona show lined up, like Texas. Yeah, so he's nationwide. Yeah, there's also another vendor that we have coming to uh, Scarefair. Uh, we're throwing an event called Scarefair on October. 30th in Victorville at the fairgrounds and since the 90s is going to be there as well but there's another um vendor from uh, las vegas artistic flavor yeah. nice yeah they're, nice. Gonna, they're gonna be there as well now they come out to patches and pins and yes. as well now our patches and pins it amazes me how many different types of patches and pins people buy and and they're 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 small they, yes they 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 range from like eight dollars to probably fifteen dollars just depending oh, well like my boyfriend has he's got this incredible vest he's been working on he's got over 100 pins on it but um the most expensive one is a pin on pin five inches and that one was like 45 okay so yeah. yeah there's some and we're not even like real hardcore collectors there's some pins that are you know upwards of 100 but we're novelty collectors, so but the average price is like ten dollars. Well, I'm familiar with Disney pins, and oh. I, I'm kind of that that kind of a nerd that would hang out at Disneyland. In the past, I had passes to Disney, and I would wait in the morning, either Thursday morning or or Tuesday morning, and would go in at eight o'clock before they open at nine o'clock, and go to shop and buy exclusive pins. And I would buy those pins plus some extras to sell. Now, I was also on in pin collecting and trading. I, I do want to show you. Yes. This, this is something I'm, I'm this is a, a oh, pin nice. that I have. And those are nothing but Chippendale pins. Now, I have like, cool. now I have like five of these boards, but I used to collect as far as getting pins like from Japan as well. Like oh, wow. These are pins from Japan. So, and how do I, I used to make trades? How cool is that? Oh, I that's used, awesome! I used to make trades. Um, they have a um, a pin collecting site back when we just only had the internet and we didn't have apps. And I used to um, trade them online from Japan, Paris, and other places, uh, Orlando, Florida as well. We used to trade pins back and forth. That's why I got a lot of these Japanese type pins. For Chippendale, and I started collecting Chippendale. I have a bunch of Roger Rabbit and oh. Jessica Rabbit. I have a lot of these. I actually wear when I go to Disneyland. I wear a lanyard, which is my nerdy thing, but it's filled with um, Roger Rabbit pins too. Here's Jessica Rabbit. Oh, that's awesome! I love it. I that's that's one of my favorite movies, not just of the like, just of all time. Roger yeah. Rabbit is up there. Yeah, that's. Up there for me because I love Roger Rabbit. Oh, that's which is, awesome! Which is very funny because I like Jessica Rabbit as far as pins and T-shirts and tattoos. Oh uh, no way! 
dope. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. How cool is that? Oh, that's awesome. Is that her head right there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have it's your portrait and then also a profile pic. And um what's funny is my wife's name is Jessica. So on the bottom of it it says love Jessica with her lips. That's so, so cool. So I have my wife's name on my body. But what's funny is I like Roger Rabbit so much. But everything that I, I buy, I buy uh, Jessica Rabbit. And she has more of the pins than Roger Rabbit does. But there's some moving pins that have Roger Rabbit where his head would move or his, or his body would move. Those type of pins, mm-hmm. movable ones. I also have some pins of Disneyland, too. And they're ride pins. I bought a collection of pins when the um, hotel opened. And it's what Guardian of the Galaxy has the ride. Uh-huh. It was it mm-hmm. was the it was the hotel used for the Twilight Zone ride, mm-hmm. um, and they had pins of Goofy, and he was like the doorman. Yes, and, oh. the, and those pins, I have a huge collection of those pins, and they're worth a lot because the ride's gone. Yes. Yeah, and uh, so that's such I, a bummer. Uh-huh. I like that ride a lot. The whole. Uh, Twilight Zone thing when you're going up and down, but the Guardian mm-hmm. of Galaxy ride is pretty freaking cool. I haven't been. I'm I'm not really a like a Marvel enthusiast, but I do enjoy a good action flick. So as a matter of fact, I'm going to go see the most recent. What I can't get enough of King Shark, so I'm going to go watch that actually by myself. I, I live down the street from an AMC, so I'm going to go do that after we're done. <laughs> now you're talking about the Suicide Squad, right? Yeah. Yeah, you said that. Um, we 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 talked a couple of days ago. <laughs> now, you enjoy going to the theater much more than seeing it at home. Yeah, I just think that there's some movies that they are deserving of that cinematic experience. Now, maybe dramas and stuff don't necessarily like a documentary or something doesn't necessarily need to be seen in the theater. But for example, what was it Kong, Godzilla, Mortal Kombat, Suicide Squad, like. Those are the kind of movies that it's like, I want the full, like, everything blasting me in the face. Wow, that sounded bad. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Popcorn popcorn experience. (laughs) No. (laughs) You guys know what I mean. (laughs) No, no, the specific movies that you enjoy watching. Did you, now you watched uh, Suicide Squad already, right? Yeah, here at home, yeah. And you, you enjoyed it over the first one? Um, I I only saw parts of the first one. I didn't watch the whole thing. Um, I I don't know. Somewhere after Fresh Prince of Bel Air, like Will Smith just really lost me. And also, Jared Leto is forever in my mind. Jordan Catalano from My So Called Life. Oh, yeah. And I really just, for me, a, a teenager of the '90s, he's just typecast as that. And I I cannot take him seriously in anything else. So even though he looked cool as the Joker and Apparently, spoiler alert, who hasn't, who doesn't know, he's like Bruce the Shark and barely in the movie. So, yeah, I don't think I missed anything. No, you didn't. When I first saw Suicide Squad, there's some things that I really enjoyed about that movie. Uh, Suicide Squad 2, there's things that I was looking forward to. The cast was Mm -hmm. so big. And I was looking forward to Pete Davidson, his character. And now I don't know if I should spoil this. (laughs) <laughs> but <laughs> cover your ears if you don't want to know <laughs> how, how many how many seconds did he play on that film i mean it was like no it's more than seconds it was minutes but still i was just like amazed i was like oh my god did they just blow his head off his face off and I, I, yeah yeah watching the first five minutes of that movie was just like devastating to me because everybody i wanted to see was gone <laughs> Nathan Fillion, freaking! <laughs> oh my God, everybody! The cast of Slither, and and that was the thing too is that I'm a very big James Gunn fan because I love Slither. So I feel like he finally got his Grant Grant monster yeah. with the mind control and everybody becoming the one thing. So it's yeah, I can't wait to go right now and then watch it by myself. My boyfriend's freaking awesome, but I'm the movie nerd and he's not. So I want to enjoy the experience. So sometimes I prefer to go by myself. Do you have to wear your mask in the theater? Uh, In between like eating and drinking your your concessions, whatever. Oh, you know what's really cool? So I I live in in Hollywood. I live in Hollywood. And this AMC is a 21 and over. Oh, so it has alcohol. 
it has alcohol, but I can buy my popcorn and a beer at the concession. I don't have to go to like a separate bar yeah, or anything. Yeah. It's just all right there. So I really, I love that. Yeah. Also, um, no kids is a plus. No it's kind of nice. I, I think I firmly believe I have three kids myself, 23, 22, and 13. And I raised them all to respect the movie going experience, be courteous and mindful of others in the theater. And unfortunately, not all little ones are given that same kind of guidance. I always try to keep bringing, from bringing in my kids at a certain age because I felt that they're mm-hmm. too young. And mm-hmm. the seats would get them where they were too, they were too uncomfortable to sit in a chair for that long of a period or they were really just couldn't focus on the movie and so i was very cautious about taking my kids at a certain age but yeah but they've always been uh, courteous to others as well right right and then like i i've been very fortunate we have i don't know like within an hour to uh drive-ins so i take my kiddos to the drive-in and then they can kind of get restless inside the car without bothering anybody else. Yeah, I, I live up in Victorville. This is driving right here at Barstow. And nice. they, get, they get more of that experience going to the drive-in than they do going into a theater. I like that whole drive-in experience, though. Heck yeah. I, I love that drive-in experience. I wish they would do it more. There's more opening up um, because I just enjoy that. I mean, there's movies I saw in, in my past that I only remember seeing them in a drive-in. And right. that was such a cool thing, getting the, the kids all together or getting the family together and going to a drive-in. So, yeah, and then back then, like when you and I were kids, it would be the speaker box on the window. Yep. Yeah, not, not tuning your, uh, your radio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the speaker box. Um, that also brings back a lot of memories to me because I used to go to the La Mirada swap meet with my parents mm-hmm. and, um, and during the day as you're walking around as everybody's closing up they play music on the speaker boxes and there's specific specific songs that I hear today that gives me memories of back then of listening to those songs on the speaker box it's very that's weird. so cool it's, it's very weird but at least it gives me some memories of those of those boxes oh um, yeah what was the first movie that you went and saw without your parents at a theater oh the first one i went to see without my parents at the theater. oh was it that one i think so when i was a teen i think i must have been about 14 some friends and I went to go see Bebe's kids. <laughs> oh, Bebe. <laughs> Bebe. That, that was a cartoon, wasn't it? It was a cartoon. Yeah, it was a yeah. voice, uh, Robin Harris, Animated, based on yeah. Robin Harris's uh, yeah. comedy act. So <laughs> that um, one and, and like toys and stuff. So yeah, Robin Williams. Oh, I do remember that. Yes, toys. Mm-hmm. Was um, Al Alcuche, wasn't that his first movie? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mine goes back further in the 80s. It was a movie with um, Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, and Dolly, <gasps> and Dolly Parton. Ah. My, mom, my mom dropped us off. I was me and my <laughs> sister, and we took one of, one of our, our friends each, and they dropped us off nine to five. Heck yes. Uh, Heck yes. Yeah, it, it's weird that that was the movie that I first went to the theater to watch, but yeah, uh, nine to five from, with Dolly Parton. What a movie. That one's still such a classic. And if anybody in the audience hasn't seen it, you totally got to sit down and watch it. I heard, that they, <laughs> I heard something about them remaking it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I love that um, Deadpool 2 opened with the musical cue. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nine to five. That yeah. was, so, that was yeah. awesome. What was the first rated R movie that you went saw by yourself? Oh, via flirting with the guy at um, the Man Theater in Glendale. Uh, Pulp Fiction. Oh, really? Yeah. Great movie. Great movie. Yeah. I saw that theater too. That's a great movie. Um, it it changed it changed the way I watched movies. I was a teenager of the nineties, so my dad actually was the first one to take me to watch it, and he he stressed the importance of a soundtrack to a movie. 
and the vital part that it plays. And then, you know, Pulp Fiction is iconic, not just for like the movie itself, but that soundtrack. Yes, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Back in the 80s when I was growing up, there was no really good soundtrack to movies. They just threw any music in there. But the person person that had the most songs and soundtracks was uh, Kenny Loggins. Yes. He did a song. Caddyshack. Caddyshack, yes. Caddyshack, uh, Top Gun, uh, Footloose. And he was the one guy that would always get that going in every movie. Mm -hmm. And I saw him uh, about 15 years ago. He he opened for um, our our corporate meeting. And he did all those songs. And it was like, oh, my God, Keelagi is playing. It was crazy. That sounds pretty amazing. Yeah. (laughs) But no, but a lot of people, the younger crowd was like, who the fuck is Kenny Loggins? What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, and it, it almost seemed like a cover band doing his songs, but it's actually him. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> my thing, um, my parents, my dad, he dropped us out of, uh, in, in uh, City of Industry, Pointy Hills. There was this little pizza place called um, PJ Pizzazz. It was like an arcade. And mm-hmm. I was I was like 16 years old. He dropped off me and my friends there, but across the street was the AMC. So we went, oh, it was way before 16. I was a lot younger, like maybe 12. And so we ran across the street to the theater, and we snuck in to see um, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I just watched that like two nights ago. That's another I, iconic soundtrack. That I, one in Valley Girl. Yeah, yes. that soundtrack is incredible. Um, yes. But I can recite that movie, the entire movie. Uh, only because I've watched it a trillion times, but that was the first uh, radar movie that uh, I actually stuck into, and is that movie? So many great actors came out of that movie. Oh, I, mean, I, I wish that Sean Penn would recreate Spicoli. <laughs> uh, he did. Uh, they did. They did a um, uh, like a podcast of the mm-hmm. movie last last year when the when during COVID, and there's a bunch of actors that got together. And they redid the movie, but like a soundtrack version. Uh, they didn't do the the acting. They didn't film it, but it was them recreating it uh, through sound. Oh, was, my God. It was really cool. And uh, Sean Penn agreed to do it. There's several uh, actors that were in it. Nicolas Cage, he was in that movie. Yeah, he was. He, he was uh, still Nicolas Coppola. Yep, there you go. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Nicolas Coppola, yeah. He mm-hmm. went under the name Nicholas Coppola. There's a bunch of actors that came out of that movie as well. But, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That one is up there for me with like Valley Girl, another iconic film Valley of Girl. the 80s. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's and then Nicholas- mm-hmm. I came from the 80s. Uh, what a time to be a kid. Like I was a kid in the 80s and a teen in the 90s. Those were great times. There's so many memories. And, and not just that, is that a lot of what they create today. Um, they go back to the 80s, like when they redid, uh, well, when they did Stranger Things, they go back to that era. And it's so mm-hmm. cool to see that. And other movies have uh, have done that, too. And other shows, um, American Horror Story, um, they go back, they have a movie called 1984, actually. And uh, mm-hmm. there's another Fear Street, they go back. A lot of a lot of them go back to that time because it's such a an yeah. awesome time to have Steven Spielberg actually directing, making movies that are very iconic. Now they do things in CGI, but it, I, I felt it wasn't the same. Like, no, I, that that's totally true. I think that's part of why I love the horror genre, especially the campy cult classics that we had before, because of the practical effects and the ingenuity that like came along with them. Like I just watched. On Tubi, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Oh, that's great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Attack of of the Killer Tomatoes was one of those ones that I would say, that's a stupid movie when I was a kid, but I still watch it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great Mm -hmm. movie. Um, (laughs) My favorite from the 80s of horror was uh, Evil Dead. Oh. Yeah, when I'd watch it, it, I actually laughed. I thought it was, I, I thought it was supposed to be a comedy, <laughs> and and uh, but the remake of it is really scary. Have you seen the remake? Yeah, that one was intense. That yeah, was intense. very intense. There's nothing funny about that one. Yeah, and, yeah. It, and the subject matter of that one too was like very intense. But the original one was like really zany and 
wild and what the hell? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then like in the 80s, and I'm sure this is something that you can relate with also. I've told people, I remember when Freddy Krueger, the first year that he was like a Halloween costume. Because yeah. there was, a, some people aren't aware that there was a time before Freddy Krueger. So I remember that first year that he was, because I mean, he, Freddy Krueger scared the crap out of me. Um, obviously I love him now. He's like my favorite slasher now next to say Victor Crowley, but like Freddie's nightmares or like the 900 number that you could call those commercials were so scary. <laughs> yeah. What's funny now though, is, um, my, my children, I have a 13 year old, um, I have a 18 year old. Oh no. I have an 18 year old, 15 year old, uh, 13 year old, nine year old and a 11 year old. Yeah, we have a blended family. We have five. Right on, right on. Um, we have a blended family. And my um, 15-year-old wanted to watch um, Nightmare on Elm Street. And she wanted to watch the whole series. And a lot of the series, we say, if you can watch one, watch from the beginning, and then we'll watch continue watching them. They, like, looked at Nightmare on Elm Street. They were like, what the hell is this? It's not, it's, it's, there's nothing scary about it. The mm-hmm. uh, Freddy Krueger was, like... A, a clown just like comedically walking around with his one-liner puns right <laughs> yeah they, they, they didn't get scared they weren't scared at yeah all. yeah it was- yeah what my uh, eldest two didn't get into horror until they were teenagers and so you know i was showing my daughter all of these movies that had scared and intimidated me new nightmare got her she she liked new nightmare that that was creepy yeah. but um so then I showed her Hellraiser one and two and she shut the hell up. Like <laughs> those ones were the ones that got her like, oh, okay, that's freaky. So my favorite is Halloween. Michael yeah. Myers. Michael Myers. That was my favorite. He's yeah. my favorite um, horror character. Mm-hmm. Well, my, mine is the tall man because Phantasm, oh, hence wow. my name, Phantasm 420. And like my boyfriend is 10 years younger than myself. So the first time I showed him Phantasm, he had the same reaction as your 15-year-old. Like, well, like, well, what's scary? Why was it scary? I don't understand. Like, what's scary? I'm like, he's, and then the bodies, and then the thing, like, and just nothing. He just didn't well, get it. What's, what's so different about today is that they have that, so many movies have gone past and so many things. That they don't get that scare element anymore. Mm-hmm. And there's no... um there's nothing that they haven't seen already yeah so when they see a scary movie it's got to have the blood guts and and stuff like that like the which i love the terrifier oh i love that movie but it also had that it had to have all the effects and the blood to be be effective these days yes um i can't wait to the next one that the next one's uh, supposed to be out in october terrifier 2 and, and that one's supposed to be have a higher budget. Have you ever met um, David uh, Horton? Thornton? Yes, I, I I have not. I actually am not a fan of that movie. Um, I could because of like kind of for the reasons that you were saying, it's a little over the top. So I just kind of it was a little too much for me. And that might make me like old fashioned or maybe even prudish. But right. yeah, I just like a movie that really terrified me was something like the strangers oh yeah something like that um we're like i can't escape or like the collector i had to walk away from that one early because i always think of when i go into horror movies like oh how would i get out of this that's why i think freddy krueger is scary because you can't escape him i get a plane and get away from jason but oh and i wanted to show you you were talking about michael myers let's see if you can see this and then he opens up oh that's so cool yeah i was (laughs) gonna ask you about your pins all the different pins that you have that is cool Where'd you get that? That one is from my friend Ryan, aka Lonely Loomis. He specializes in like the moving pin. So he has one of like Jamie Lloyd dressed as a clown and she has the with the knife. Yeah. Oh no, the scissors. She has the scissors. And then like Chucky, he's the one that has a knife and stuff. So that's his like specialty. Oh, he has a Tom Atkins one from Halloween three. So it's my, like mask Tom Atkins. <laughs> uh, my son's favorite is Sam from Trick or Treat. So yeah. anything that he gets a hold of with Sam, he loves. Sam, yep. Bam. There he is. <laughs> That's without, without the pumpkin head, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Speaking of pumpkins, yesterday was hol- it was Friday the Thirteenth, mm-hmm. and tattoo shops always have 
some top two uh, tattoo shops always have some type of special, either a tattoo for $31 or something that they have in their books. That's a small tattoo. So I decided to go and hand out flyers at the tattoo shop because there's like over 100 people waiting for a few hours to nice. get the tattoos down. And while I was waiting, I signed up for my tattoo, but I went through their book and I was going to get like maybe a skull or a uh, Grim Reaper. And they said, no, you can do whatever you want. And I said, you sure nice. that do whatever you want? They said, yeah, as long as it's two inches by two inches. And I said, okay. So when they came back to me and said they could do it, they said, um, do you want it bigger? I said, hell yeah, I want it bigger. But the <laughs> detail in it surprised me. He spent a lot of a lot of time doing it and i was very surprised for the price that i paid for this i got the scare first the scare for um pumpkin so dope oh i love it but the detail work is just awesome right on that is so cool i sat there for like i think i think we're there for six hours uh passing out flyers to people and stuff like that but when they said they could do whatever you want uh i had the the my on my phone the scarecrow pumpkin now i've been walking around or i've been talking to people online for the longest time and they mm-hmm. never saw me and when i go to events hey how you doing i'm eddie with scarecrow they're like who because they're used to seeing the pumpkin right yeah they're used to talking to the pumpkin so that i mm-hmm. decided to get that i thought that was uh quite appropriate <laughs> That's so cool. Imagine that like when you have grandkids and they're going to see the pumpkin. Oh, yeah. this is when I like that's so good. The beginning yeah. of something. Yeah. Also, you should send me some flyers. <laughs> yes. Oh, where, where, where's your next event? Uh, my next event oh, is a toy event. That's where my heart lies with my fellow toy dealers. Primarily, I'd say I'm like a toy dealer myself. So we're going to be in Ontario at the IE Outdoor Toy Exchange. Okay, a lot they- of fun. What day is that? Because I don't live that far from Ontario. August 21st from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Because toy toy shows are always those early morning hours. Oh, perfect. Because there's a lot of events I want to go to that specific day. There's um, the Spooky Nights, and that's a nighttime. Mm-hmm. But they, they have to uh, um, set up at 1, and that's in Rancho Cucamonga at the Heritage. And then there's Ghoul's Night Out, which is in L.A. So I'll be passing right through that area. And if I leave earlier, I could drop them off you. But John, yeah. John Masari um, put together this. I thought this is so cool. Oh, how cool. And he gives them out at all these all of his events. It's so cool. He, he So he, I think he signed one for me. Yeah, I have a signed one. But the, um, let, me get, let me show some stuff. The Scarefur tickets. If you happen to see me, I will be selling tickets too. These are the actual nice. tickets. And what you do is you exchange the ticket for a wristband. Nice. Those are sweet. I like that. So, so many so many events these days don't have actual tickets, yeah. and that's something I miss. Yeah, so I'm going to be at an event on the 4th. It's Killer Carnival, and I'll be having I'll have a booth there and we'll be selling tickets as well. And then these are the actual flyers. Nice. Yeah, so I'll, I'll give you a nice yeah. it's gonna be a funny event there's there's um so many things involved with our our um our expo that it, we like it's, it's actually an expo um because we have comic book artists there's gonna be 10 comic book artists there there's gonna be celebrities there signing there's joe bob's briggs lisa wilcox from uh narrow Elm street walter Phelan from uh um, House of he's a Thousand Dr. Corpses, Satan. Dr. Satan, yes. Mm-hmm. John Masari, uh, he's a composer of uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. So many different people. And then we're going to have a, a live band play at night, um, a cover band, a Rob Zombie cover band. And they look and act and sound just like Rob Zombie. Right um, on. We're going to have our um, psychotic carnival thrills. It's going to be a haunt. We're going to have that as well. But during the day, starting at 12 o'clock, we're going to have um, an actual viewing of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. With, Hell yes. With audience participation. Don't dream lips. it. See it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever been to an um, audience participation show? My the- first Rocky Horror Picture Show was at the Rialto Theater. Speaking oh, of Nightmare yeah. on Elm Street, the yeah. Rialto Theater, South Pasadena, at a slumber party when I was 13. Oh, that's And so I cool. have been a Transylvanian since that day. Absolutely. You're, you're probably like, why are these people getting up? Why are they in costume? Like, yeah. what's happening? Why is she in her pajamas with Mickey ears? Like, I <laughs> yeah. didn't understand. <laughs> so um, we're going to have that. 
and then that's at 12 o'clock and then 2 30 we're gonna have a um, costume cosplay contest uh and lisa wilcox is gonna be the judge of that right so on that's cool and then we have um, the Taki horror podcast show with um the two girls from universal um pinna palmer and uh rin gabby i believe um they're gonna they're gonna host the the show um and also they're going to do a scream queen contest as well nice uh, during the the show and then at 5 30 the the first band road work plays and then the rob zombie band plays at uh 7 30 so it's a day of different events i want so when people come they're not just seeing the vendors are waiting in line to get an autograph but there there's also other things to do gonna be a lot. right on gonna be a lot i think it is and then in an area where usually and that that was a big selling point also you were very tenacious in recruiting me for the show i oh, appreciate that believe me a lot of people said that a lot of people said yeah <laughs> well, I, I i'm not sure and you're like i think you want to reconsider like <laughs> yeah. yeah we're just so, talking about who's the person that you want to come see who do I want to go see? Joe Bob Briggs, of course, yeah. but then also Lisa Wilcox because right. she was at my first signing ever. So that's what we we just talked about uh, as well. Yeah, a lot of people were like, um, "I've never done a show before, and this is my first movie." Uh, Missy uh, uh, from the Banku Shop. She doesn't sell live ever. She sells oh. online, and she's a. I like to consider her uh, an influencer. And we, okay. her and I have talked about that before, but um, she has never sat down and actually sold live. So that's something that she was going to be nervous about. But speaking to me, she said, yeah, I'll go. Uh, oh, right but, but, but it took a while. Then there's some mm-hmm. other some other people that have never vendored before that that want to get their stuff out there and want to um, and have sold only online or through an app and they're excited to be there as well. Several, of mm-hmm. them. so yeah, it's good. I, I just felt this is a good opportunity, especially for artists, um, and then the spooky community. Luckily, I have a lot of support from them and the vendors. Um, there's going to be over almost sixty vendors. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, and you're one of them. I, Indeed. I like vendors that have unique logos, some type of something to offer. Now, your booth with an, um, since 90 toys and um, creative marketing behind it, I, that's why I wanted you so bad uh, there. Um, do you just Thank do you. 90, 90 toys? I've I seen some older ones. Oh, yeah. I recently we had been talking about Channel 5 and like Tom Hatton and stuff. So I even just sold or traded with another poster vendor, a couple of uh, Thunderbirds action figures that were talking ones. So I traded those two for like a psycho poster and a Glenn or Glenda because I love Edward as well. So, oh, yeah. (laughs) But no, I I like to keep like genuine 90s stuff in the booth, but I'm, I'm willing to just if it's cool. And I think it'll make somebody happy. And it's something that I'd be willing to have in my collection. That's one thing about my booth. I won't sell anything I wouldn't have in my personal collection. That way I can make somebody else just as passionate about it as I am. So Now, there's one movie, going back to Tom Hatton and Channel 5, there's one movie that sticks out in my mind, especially during the Halloween season. And this movie um, has Phyllis Diller, but she played a character. Do you know what it is? Mm Mm-hmm. The Mad Monster Party. Mad Monster Party. That is That's one right. Of my favorites. That was that was before Tim Burton and his yes. creation with the uh, with the um, animation, but it's like clay animation with the the movement, the stop motion. Uh, exactly. And that was just I love that movie. Love everything about. Yes. Is it uh, Boris Karloff's in it too? Isn't he? I think he plays one of the characters as well. I, I think it's yes. Oh my God, you're reminding me that like I haven't seen it in so long. Oh I played it for my kids and they're like, what the, what the hell is this? I mean, come <laughs> on, it's, just, it's a mad monster party. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> What's a Phyllis Diller? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that, that movie is just, I, is, is part of my past and I love watching it. I love anything when I, when I see shirts of it or any type of toy that's related to it. I just, would like that that was so awesome mm-hmm. we we're actually we have um in our living room we have 
Well, we have art all over our house. I'm actually in my bedroom right now. This is part of my bedroom. But all over our walls, we have some type of art. And we have it covered in art. Uh, Horror art. We have uh, comic book art. But in our living room, we have Disney art. The whole wall of Disney art. But on the other wall, we have these gigantic posters of movies. And we have um, Gone with the Wind. um, The Wizard of Oz. There's two other ones. But we're thinking about taking those out and putting nothing but horror. The old That's horror, cool. The, the old horror ones. Yeah, same size, big posters, uh, movie posters of horror, being that that's a genre I mean, you really enjoy. Yeah. And then it's nice also when you do have the luxury of like having so much that you can kind of switch it out sometimes. So, yeah. I mean, I, I have my classic uh, psycho poster right here, but the one I just traded the figures for, I had never seen it. And it is like a Alfred Hitchcock. And he's holding a newspaper open and it's got a whole oh, advert cool. on the paper and all the, all the stars are on the different parts. And I had never seen it before. So that's the one that I just got. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm going to switch this one out probably for that one. Cycles another one of those movies that was phenomenally done. I mean, that was so excellent. And a lot of it has to do with your psyche, your mind. And mm-hmm. there was nothing graphic or horrid about that movie i mean they showed like the stabbing but they, you never saw him actually stab i mean actually yeah uh, on top of her or, or killing her um and at the end they showed the the mom and the and the chair turn around now that freaked me out as a kid i was like wow you know but a kid today would look yeah. at it and say okay it's a skeleton big deal yeah but, and yeah yeah but i think that that was one of those movies that was very well done uh, very well. That's why Alfred Hitchcock is who he is. But that's a movie that I, I just love watching. They oh did, yeah, they did the remake of Vince Vaughn. Uh-huh. Did, you ever, did you watch that? I tried. Oh, you <laughs> I tried. I tried. Was very was, uh, was very unusual about that movie. They had Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, just, <laughs> um, I I don't know if if the original is just too near and dear to my heart. I was watching as I was getting ready to join you um the Hitchcock with Anthony Hopkins as Hitch. Oh, like that movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I just um I, I tried and then Vince Vaughn as Norman Bates. I just couldn't I can't know him from swingers and then try <laughs> to place him as Norman Bates. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. The only thing I liked about the second the the remake of that movie was if you take scene for scene, it was done mm-hmm. exactly the same. Every yeah. part of that movie was uh, scene for scene done exactly the same. That's the only thing I liked about it. It was they took a classical movie and they were able to do it scene for scene. But characters, I mean, the actors and actresses they picked to do that movie is kind of weird and bizarre. It was bizarre casting. Bizarre casting. <laughs> I mean, they had Flea from the show represent. Yeah, it's just not. We talked about the Terrifier as well. I think he's going to be one of those iconic characters that you're going to see in the future become one of the past, like a a Freddy Krueger or um, a Mike Myers or a um, Chucky. I think he's going to be the next uh, iconic uh, horror figure. Hmm. I I can really see that. His popularity is just like skyrocketing even more yeah so yeah and he he just played uh he was the the reason his character came out he played in a halloween movie not halloween but but a a all hallows eve yeah all hallows eve yeah he's well he played a a very small part of that movie there was different Mm -hmm. people doing the killings and he was one of those characters that's Mm -hmm. i think um his silent smile is creepy as fuck it's unnerving yes yeah yeah but when you meet the real uh david thornton he is a total sweetheart and a real nice guy it's like seeing the two of them you play damn yeah very different (laughs) yeah i you know i think part of what it is that because when you mentioned that it made me think of like how unnerving it is i don't i'm not into stuff that like could really happen like Freddy Krueger couldn't like probably really happen like right. Jason Voorhees and all that. But I think that somebody could serial killer wise go the, the route of art, the clown. And I can't deal with like stuff that could maybe possibly really happen. 
So are, are you into that also um, collecting serial killer type of clothing or um, pins or anything like that? No, I'm I'm not into that kind of like fandom, like a Charles Manson idolatry kind of thing. No, I, I just I can't I can't do it. I don't know. Maybe you remember this when they used to air on Channel 5, like annually, it seemed uh, an interview with Charles Manson from prison when he had already caused yeah, it. Yeah. Exactly and I was weird. like, yeah. And it's like, they would show that every year the same way they would show Elvis's 68 special. And it was just like, yeah. it was intimidating. And then you wonder nowadays, like, wow, that would never happen nowadays. I don't think, but I, I don't know. We're just inundated with living, it. And living uh, some of those through some of those um, killings uh, that were happening like uh, the nice stalker Richard Mears, uh-huh. I actually remember having to lock our windows and lock our doors, and he was in yes. the next town close to us. And you know, uh, actually, people were scared. People were yes. really, really scared of him coming into a house or or him sneaking into a window. You know, um, yes. And seeing all that unfold on the news, the news was a lot different than back then, too. Yeah. Uh, more of an informative tool, I would say. Yes. Instead of just an entertainment type tool like they use today. I mean, they they totally centralize things that to the point where it's over and over and over repetitively and it, it gets some ratings. Exactly. It's It's like it's. Turning into not the book, The Running Man, not the short story, The Running Man, but The Running Man, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. It's kind of like what we're living in right now with a little bit of 1984, like <laughs> and maybe some idiocracy. But yeah, exactly. It was a different experience back then. And it was terrifying to think that that person could come in your house next. Oof. I saw a Ronald Reagan video when he was a president. And the video was him speaking, and I heard this speech, and he was uh, talking about, in his speech, how if we're not careful today, if we're not taking care of the things that we need to take care of in the future, this is what the future is going to be like. He was exactly right. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. That's exactly what's going on today, is uh, the control over the minority compared to the the majority and stuff like that just the whole switch of uh even i think he even talked about some of the um the culture counseling as well mm-hmm. i i i'm not a big fan of culture counseling at all uh like with the comedians that we grew up with um <sighs> if you listen to um george carlin there's no way a comedian would get away with that today not oh all. yeah remember how scandalous andrew dice clay was yeah yeah Oh my what, God. what a scandal. Oh, my God. Poor Pee Wee Herman got canceled for years. Paul Rubens was canceled for he years, and people don't know. He's one of my favorite actors. He's one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. Um, he played uh, that, that Pee Wee Herman to the to the T, and he, yeah, you're right. He got canceled for years. Yeah, and what a lot of people don't realize is that Pee Wee, the character, was created when he was a groundling. That was for adults. Yeah, that yeah. was spoofing a parody of kids programming. And then he got pigeonholed into actually doing kids programming, but that was not his original intention. And then Tim Burton's the one that put him in a movie again, finally. And he was, you know, Mr. Cobblepot. So yeah, he's, he's done so many movies even after that, that you wouldn't even recognize mm-hmm. him. In. Yeah. He's a, he's a great actor. I mean, I, I think if, I think they come out with the Pee Wee Herman show again. <laughs> That's I, think awesome. they, I, think, I think they talked about that talking about Pee Wee Herman for our pop culture event which coming uh, the pop culture expo which is coming up in February 12th 19, uh, 2022 I'm trying to get the Pee Wee Herman bike the actual bike Yeah. wow it's at the Hollywood Museum right now last I saw it well they also tore it the, the guys that do um, the Ghostbusters car and the Knight Rider car and they have a right lot on. of other cars too. Yeah. So that's, that's so what, cool. And they said, What do you want? The mystery van, the 18 van, Peter Herman's bike. I said, Peter Herman's bike. Peter Herman's bike. Yeah. Yes. If you can't get that, bring in the 18 and I will dress as B.A. Baracus. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was a huge fan of the 18 back then in the 80s. But, but, but you watch some of those shows today, like Chips. It's so bizarre the way they used to they used to direct those things. 
I mean, they were very cappy. <laughs> They're just very, uh, yeah. Oh man, I worked at the. I, I worked at the Mad Monster Halloween store that we had two years ago um, in Studio City on Ventura. And I was so stoked when the building owner came in to tour um, somebody that was potentially buying the building because it was Doc from the Love Boat. But all the kids that oh. worked with me are in like their 20s and stuff. So I'm like, I'm the only one geeking out like, oh, my God, it's Doc. And they're like, what are you talking about? Yeah. So, <laughs> generation gap much? <laughs> Doc, yeah. The Love Boat. <laughs> I don't think anybody would even know who the love boat, what the love boat was or what it is about or anything today, unless you met somebody of my age or my the love boat was one of those things. But even before the love boat, they had this show called Love American Style. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was kind of a cross between coming from the seventies and going to the eighties, and yeah. they did a lot of stuff on that show that would not pass today. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, random like. So to me, the greatest TV theme song of all time has to be from the greatest American hero. I don't remember any episodes, but I know that the theme song. song word for yeah. word. <laughs> yeah, the song. I hear the song every once in a while. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I remember the episodes, some episodes. Um, that was one show that I, I did watch just before that. No, they did that show before they did MacGyver. Okay. <laughs> no, you mentioned your, totally your podcast. You mentioned your podcast. Uh where can someone listen to your podcast? Well, let's see. I have one that's uh, coming up. It's going to be Attack of the Midnight Feature. That one's launching on October 1st. Otherwise, you can catch me on the Mad Monster live stream or YouTube channel. So it's awesome. the Mad Monster YouTube channel. And Mad Monster, the website and convention. And they have an expo coming up too. But we're a lot of fun. Join us. <laughs> okay. And what social medias are you on? And how can people find you in uh, since the 90s uh, i am exclusively on instagram because facebook just terrifies me um there's people that i love that i can't stand on facebook so. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly well put <laughs> but so on instagram my personal account which also happens to be on my business card because new business owner i'm only actually next month i'll, I'll be a year but um oh. i phantasm 420 Again, it's my birthday, Phantasm 420, <laughs> or since it's like underscore since underscore the 90s. I think there's another underscore at the end there, too. <laughs> but yeah, just since the 90s, um, and both of those on Instagram, come by the booth, hang out, don't buy anything, just enjoy the environment. I mean, it's nice if you buy something, but um, I really just like bringing the nostalgia to everybody. And and the booth looks like my house looks kind of like you can see the hell I have back here, I have like the Joker, Darth Maul, Psycho, a luchador, and get like a little bit of everything. So that's what my booth looks like. So come check it out. Look at that, <laughs> that, that's my bedroom. My part of the bedroom. Nice. Uh, this first shelf is nothing but Rocket from Guardian of the Galaxy. Up there, I have nothing but Boba Fett. There's actually toys up there from 1980s that I have never opened. Oh, that's so hard. And night, I think that one's a 1991 Boba Fett. And then I have a DC, some Batman, Joker, and stuff right, right there. So, yeah, that's oh man, that's my little collection. And I have another toy room just filled with pops and stuff like that. Yeah. This, oh wow! This, um, this house, when you look at it, I mean, it can actually be a museum of art and just toys never opened. Or my wife collects a Nightmare. I mean, yeah, Nightmare Before Christmas, and there's just tons of stuff. <laughs> there is stuff. Yeah, she'll have to come check out my booth. Um, I'll actually pull them because I want to have stuff specifically available at your show since it's a Halloween, right. you know, expo and everything. So I have like, say, uh, Coin Slot Banks 1998 Sega issued from Japan, Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, geez. Okay. Yeah. So I, yeah, I'm, well, I'm legit. <laughs> my, 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 uh, my event, uh, Scarefer. Uh, that that we're going to have up here in Victorville. Um, it terrifies me because I'm going to be actually working it and my wife is going to be walking around with the credit card. So <laughs> there we go. Yeah. So uh, she'll be all over the place. And there's a few booths that I definitely want to go to. And uh, George is just one of them. So you're going to be in Ontario at what show next week, the 21st? Yeah. Uh, the IE Outdoor Toy Exchange. Okay. IE yeah. Outdoor Toy Exchange. Okay, so look for them there, and then look for them at Scarefair uh, on the October 30th um, up in Victorville at the Sunburn of Fairgrounds. 
Amanda, it's great having you. Great interviewing you. Thank you. I had a good time. Thank you very much. Right on. Oh, thank you. I always talk. Enjoy talking, nerd. Hey, yeah, yeah. That's well, my my public life as a American nerd. There we thank go. You, thank you, everybody, for listening and watching. See you later. Bye. <laughs>